Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome, everyone, to Military Network Radio. I'm Linda Crater, and today I'm joined by our newest co-host, Jason McNamara, Marine Corps retired and now founder of Squad Leaders, a nonprofit devoted to transitioning veterans back into their communities through a mentorship network across the nation of fellow veterans. Welcome to our program, Jason. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, and we are going to have a very good show today, of which your organization and 360 Vets uh, have a lot in common. So we're going to be talking to the two founders, Scott Davidson and Justin Constantine, and we will talk about uh, the enormous efforts that are taken to help reintegrate our troops back into their communities, especially in the area of employment and resources that they need some help with. So welcome to both Justin and to Scott. Thank you, Linda. Uh, this is Justin. I'm very excited to be here, and I'm also really excited to talk with Jason and, and uh, because of what he's doing with squad leaders. I think it's fantastic. I think and, I'm sorry, and, like, and likewise from Scott, I appreciate it, uh, the opportunity for Justin and I to be able to speak about our organization and potentially find synergy with other groups like Jason's. Uh, perfect. Uh, you know what we, our tagline is, together we are better, so we make a difference. So I will leave it to you, Jason. Go ahead and ask all the questions you'd like. That sounds great. So, um, Justin, let's go ahead and start with you this morning. Um, 360 veterans, right? Um, let's break that down into what does that mean? How did the name come about, and what's really your mission and focus? Well, well thanks, Jason. Yeah, 360 veterans uh, may sound like an odd name at first, so what we provide are 360-degree full resource events for transitioning service members, veterans, and their families. And so uh, we go to local communities uh, where there are a lot of veterans and have events that last typically about four or five hours at a time. and. Our goal is to get two or three hundred uh, veterans and their families in there, and this is for free for all of them. We get them uh, in the space as well as uh, a bunch, you know, dozens and dozens of local veteran service organizations, local and national veteran service organizations, government agencies at the local, state, and federal level, uh, as well as uh, big businesses and small, medium businesses who want to hire veterans or who want to team with veterans or who want to help mentor them, as well as uh, local universities that have different programs that relate to veterans, all in the fields of education, employment, business, uh, health, and housing. And so uh, at the end of the day, the veterans and their families can leave uh, with, a, with a good, solid understanding of what is available to them in their local community. Because right now, there's a lot of noise in our space, but it's hard to tell what's really around you. And also, businesses will go home uh, and hopefully have uh, made some great connections with veteran business owners or just individual veterans who they can work with in the future. Yeah, I think that's a great point about connecting veterans to the resources, right? I think um, there are resources out there, and um, helping veterans and their families navigate through that is a very important um, obstacle to overcome. How did you come up with this nonprofit, Justin? 
Well, uh, Scott, Scott and I met last year at an event uh, hosted by Syracuse University's Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Disabled Veterans. Scott was an instructor. He's a specialist on federal government contracting and, in particular, helping companies get on the GSA schedule. So, I, uh, And he was teaching a few of the seminars there. So I went to those seminars, met him. We have a lot in common because he's a medically retired military officer as well. And so we really hit it off, and we were talking about, you know, what more what can we do to help our veteran community? And so we started that. Uh, we started talking last year, and we, held our, we ended up holding, holding our first event earlier this year up in New York City, and it went, it went fantastic. So that's when we thought, let's go ahead and push forward. Let's create a, uh, create a nonprofit to do this so we can recreate that experience that benefits so many vets and businesses. Let's do that around the country. And so now we're, we're off to the races. That's a great. That's, that's really great, uh, Scott. I want to want to turn to you for a second, um, and let's let's talk about this from the the veterans' perspective. So, walk me through a little bit about a format for a typical event. What could I expect if I'm a veteran? Uh, what does that process look like? How does that actually um, occur at the event? And, and, and a great question, and thank you, Jason. Um, so the way we designed the event was we're a little bit unique. Normally, people go to an exhibition-style hall. You know, they'll see the tables. They'll have minimal interaction with individuals. Um, and then, the, you know, they'll take away brochures, things of that nature. Sure. Now, now we have that as a standard piece, and that's fine because that gives you – because you're not going to be able to get everything and spend as much time as you want in certain areas. What the thing that the the, um, the change that we have is we have signature roundtables. And what we do with the roundtables are – we take subject matter experts from industry, um, whether it's for government contracting, if it's legally based, if it's going to be – if it's related to 9-11 GI Bill, if it's TBI, PTSD related, or um, uh, anything that is a benefit to the veteran. They actually will go ahead and teach roundtable classes um, for each of the veterans. So uh, actually, it's, no, it's actually open to the veteran, their caregivers, and their spouses as well. So uh, for, I mean, uh, to give you a good example, you know, the, the classes, uh, the classes, I'm sorry, the roundtables go for 45 minutes apiece. Um, they're led by the subject matter expert, and there'll be topics like um, how do you capture business intelligence properly in the federal, state, or local markets? or uh, teaming and uh, joint ventures, and they're going to be done by some of the best attorneys in the field when it comes to government contracting. We have people teach classes on surety and bonding because construction is a large part of the military um, you know, post-career uh, community as sure. far as entrepreneurship and jobs. Sure. Um, and then we'll have people like who we're going to speak to later uh, from NYU who, who give top, uh, give discussions on the great programs they have available for PTSD and TBI. Um, and then the other pieces, we also have individuals who teach about job skills, not, uh, not job skills, but more importantly, how to interview. We have people on hand how to improve resumes and write cover letters uh, better. So that's a different part of the event. When you take a look at exactly how we um, we want to make a difference, is we know that the, the exhibit hall on the peripherals of the actual outside of the event, that's an important piece too, right, because people can get information pretty quickly. Right. The more important piece, of course, is going to be the roundtable, and I think that's what separates us from most because – at our last event, what we received back as far as the positive feedback from everybody was they said we've never been to an event where we had the ability to talk to somebody from this type of industry in this type of setting, in a, and it was a more personal setting. The, and the last piece about that is we also do have a lecture series that happens where there are keynotes on the side. So you can get a full 
um, you know, you'll get a full day worth. You get a full day worth as, as far as what you can do for participation. So we have people from state, federal, local um, uh, that's going to be discussing also in a keynote area away from our roundtables in a separate room. So people can migrate from area to area to get the most out of the event. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Um, I, I do want to come back to the veteran, but I want to touch on the businesses because that's obviously an important part of um, how you all operate. So what kind, and Justin, this is more for you here, but um, what types of businesses are you working with? What organizations have come to the table? I think, you know, we heard, um, we heard Scott talk a little bit about uh, a few of the folks that are coming through, but um, who's really behind you on this? Well, sure. Thanks, Jason. I'll, I'll answer this, and I'll ask J um, Scott to fill in a little bit as well, because he works very closely with the businesses. But we want to, you know, we're we are fully inclusive. We want to include as broad brush as we can. And so, we any any company that wants to be there, uh, any veteran service organization, any government agency that wants to be there, we're going to work very hard to make that happen because we don't know what every veteran wants and needs, and we want to make sure that people believe they're feeling like they have a strong connection to business and to their community. So um, for our event in March and for our upcoming event in June, we've had a lot of good businesses that support us. Scott talked about, I mentioned Thompson Hine, which is a law firm which is doing a lot with construction law with us. So for our upcoming event, uh, we asked some big businesses to be there. And so Accenture is going to be there. It looks like Verizon will be there. Uh, Hilton Worldwide will be there as well. And all these companies can they're not only going to talk about what they uh, their veteran hiring issues, but how they uh, how they work with their veterans as they onboard them with their companies, and also what kind of programs they're working with in the community to just help veterans in general. But we also uh, will always work with different universities as well. And for instance, Syracuse University will have a, a lecture series or a, a presentation at our event about how veterans can start their own businesses and some tools to help them succeed. NYU, New York University, does a, has a phenomenal program when it comes to post-traumatic stress and TBI. And so we're giving them a big chunk of time to talk about that to help everyone there. Uh, and as far as some of the government agencies that are important for our, uh, especially our veteran business owners who want to contract with the government, uh, we think it's important to have some reps there. So we're trying to have small business development officers there, uh, including um, the VA and Small Business Administration, Department of Treasury, uh, and several others. We work closely with the Small Business Development Center, and they help a lot with that as well. But besides the businesses, you know, we, we want uh, we want the local the local veteran service organizations to have an impact. For instance, we had strong representation from Soldier for Life and Marine for Life at our events. We have Wounded Warrior Project, Team Red, White, and Blue, Team Rubicon, uh, Street Shares. We're excited for this event uh, on June fifth to have Four Block up there as well, and, and we've had Vet Friend there. And so, really, we're only limited by our imagination. Uh, Scott, did I leave anyone out there? Uh, no, Justin, you pretty much uh, you pretty much grabbed everybody. Just uh, again, the theme is 360 degrees. We're we're more about bringing we're facilitators bringing synergy to the market. We got to bridge the gap is what the big issue is. Um, there's a lot of events that actually just focus singly on let's say employment or business or that. We're looking to make sure that the veteran, although all those 
organizations are fantastic. They do wonderful jobs. We want to be able to make it easier for the veteran to be able to find these opportunities in their area and their, in their, in their geographic location. Um, so there are no issues and that they, they can say, I walked away from the event and I got to connect with people that can help me a lot easier than having to search out for it. That's great. That's great. I do want to come back to the, uh, to the veteran here after the break, but, um, I do want to touch on, um, Rounded out with some of the the final points for businesses engaging with you all. Linda, right. you're listening to Military Network Radio. I'm Linda Crater with co-host Jason McNamara and our guests, the founders of 360 Vets, Justin Constantine and Scott Davidson. We will be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse. Involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. You're listening to Military Network Radio. Your co-host, Jason McNamara, will take it from here. Thank you, Linda. And we're joined today with uh, Justin Constantine and Scott Davidson from uh, 360 Veterans. Um, gentlemen, just to sort of uh, talk through some of the logistics of um, the 360 Veteran events, um, let's talk a little bit about the sponsors. I think that's important. Um, what do I have to do to be a sponsor if I'm an organization? How do I get in contact with you all? And what are the benefits for, for engaging with an organization like you all? Go ahead, Scott. 
Okay, so uh, so as far as we'll talk about the benefits first. I mean, the return on investment, of course, is I mean, there's a civic-minded p- approach. Sure. You know, regardless of, of who wants to, you know, of who they want to help. I mean, it is for a greater cause. But we'll talk about the economics of it. So, in the majority of time, from what we hear from the feedback, and it kind of we've gotten the feedback from whether it was a profit or a nonprofit business. But on the profit side, um, we've heard of. Um, a lot of the firms that have been supporting, especially in the roundtables, have connected grossly, you know, with, grossly with with the the majority of the veterans or whoever the attendees are, and actually have gotten clients out of it because they actually have that synergy where they need that help. And the people and and the veterans had, didn't have the opportunity, didn't know where to start to speak to somebody about certain things. For example, you know, we have somebody like Sue Malone who comes to our events, who is one of the, I believe, just correct me if I'm wrong, one of the largest U.S. lending sources for veterans for small business um, in the U.S. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's an example of, yeah, I just want to make sure I said that correctly. So, uh, you know, there are uh, so many different resources that you have at your fingertips, even with Thompson Hine. Thompson Hine has picked up counsel for, for uh, construction contractors while they were there. So there is a return of investment on sponsorship. Now, um, as far as other sponsorship goes, I mean, there's a multitude of different ways that they can sponsor the events. Um, the idea is that we want to be able to put this on in every city so that we can actually just provide a national presence for all these other globally recognized brands uh, to show that they do support veterans and that they actually have a good demographic that they can pull from when it comes to uh, actually, you know, taking as far as um, not taking, I'm trying to think of a better word, um, integrating them into what would be just the general business fabric of, um, you know, the U.S. economy. Local organizations as well benefit greatly, um, especially local chapters of if it's a veteran service organization or if it's any other type of small business. It's just a connection point. If you look at it as an expo, it is. But I really should say that it's a it's an expo slash networking event because what we found at our last event was the majority of individuals, our event ended at 7 p.m., People wouldn't leave until 8.30 at night because they sat and talked. They had, they, and that's what the best part about it was, except for the poor Marriott folks who were trying to go home, of course, sure. during the snowstorm. Um, <laughs> but people did not want to leave. Uh, and that's what struck Justin and I probably uh, the most towards the end was that nobody, even at the roundtables, even the, the presenters and speakers, everybody stayed because they just wanted – the conversation was, I guess, you know, was that engaging. Sure. I mean we had from – we had Google at our last event. People would swamp that table the entire time. They were all, they were all different types of different representations. But even the smaller local businesses um, we've seen, we had a small printer and marketing um, individual who had a small business in New York City. Actually, was a veteran um, – he was an Air Force veteran uh, named David, David uh, Stern, but he himself has come back to us several times and wants to volunteer now because he had gotten so much business out of it by just attending the event. He wants to know how he can give back, so he's actually providing us with marketing material um, and collateral for this event. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about um, the future events coming up. I think you mentioned that a couple of times, Justin. Um where are the next events? Uh, where are you targeting? Um, what, what does that timeline look like for folks? Sure. Uh, as we mentioned, the, the immediately the next event is June 5th up in Brooklyn, <clears throat> and and we're very excited about that. In fact, we 
we found a way to make our event free for everybody. Of course, our events are always free and will always be free for the veterans and, and service members and their families, for the government agencies and for the nonprofits. Typically, the corporations will have to pay a small fee to participate, um, of course. But uh, this one, June 5th, is going to be free for everybody. So we're excited about that. Um, going forward, our events are, are probably going to focus, or you know, initially going to focus on the cities and states where there's a large veteran population, so we can help the most people at one time. And, and that's going to be California, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, and maybe Virginia. And, and that's, that's our immediate you know, 12-month plan. But we are certainly open to hitting areas that maybe aren't on the quote-unquote circuit for veteran events, especially middle America, where a lot of our veterans go home to after they serve. And so, say, maybe Indianapolis or Green Bay or something like that, that, that has a significant presence. And if we find during our research that exists and there is a support enough that can justify us coming there, we would love to do that as well. That's great. That's great. What? Um, let, let's talk a little bit about the the feedback that you've heard from folks as you've um, started to put these events together. Obviously, it's very dynamic. It's um, a lot of engaging conversations. It seems to be productive, especially with folks staying after and um, really engaged in the conversation. Um, give us some some success stories. Um, you know, we've heard it a little bit throughout the the half hour here, but um, talk to us a little bit about the feedback and how you're incorporating the feedback into your future events. Um I'll start um, and just with a couple quick comments and then turn it over to Scott. I'll, you know, I, I talked to one of our corporate sponsors from our event in March, and he's, he said, uh, and he was talking about overseas contracting because he's a subject matter expert in that, and he really, really enjoyed He led a roundtable discussion to about a dozen veterans on that topic, and he was really excited about it because he, he's gone to a lot of expos, and he said he never really had a chance to connect with a small group and had a chance to answer all of their questions and really tight environment like that, where typically it's just a whole group listening to one person up on the stage. So he, he really enjoyed that, and he walked away knowing he helped a handful of folks with with the idea of how they can get their business started in that field, and he could talk to them about some pitfalls. So that was real personal satisfaction for him. Now, ultimately, will it pay off um, from a financial perspective? Probably, because they're going to want to team with him or, or maybe hire him as a consultant. And the same is true, like Scott mentioned, Sue Malone. She's fantastic. She's going to talk to a bunch of veterans about um, what she provides is small business loans. She already does more than anyone else in the country, but she'll probably walk away with some folks who trust her after that taking the time to talk with them. And the same is true for a local bank that might talk about VA home loans. They're going to walk away with business. Uh, we also heard, so besides the, the business side, we I talked to a friend of mine at one of the veteran service organizations, and he's gone to a lot of these too. And he said this is by, and he works at a big national one, by far the best event he's ever gone to. Because not only were they able to sign up veterans for their program, but he was able to connect with a lot of other veteran service organizations and realize there's a lot of ways for them to collaborate in the future because they're all in the same city, they just didn't know each other. And that's really our goal. But maybe Scott can elaborate a little bit more as well. Yeah, and thanks, Justin. And, and Justin, I'll take it from a pers uh, individual perspective. We have, um, I had one individual contact me actually several times after the after our first event, 
He was having a lot of problems with a disability claim that had been denied several times um, and was just kind of stuck. Obviously, you know, he was in a bit of distress. Um, You know, he really did need assistance. We were able to connect him at a national level to one of the top claims people, no cost of, you know, through a veteran service organization. And they were able to to resolve his claim and get his issues addressed. Um, And he's been, you know, we've had multiple, we've had conversations since, but he's been so thankful since that point. So um, those types of, I think, added bonuses are really where it makes the difference is because we are able to take care of our own and actually demonstrate it. I mean, both we can qualify and quantify it um, as we put these events on. That was just from one event. Um, like Justin said, business-wise, people were, you know, and, and, and veteran service organization-wise, people were really excited. Um, it was interesting to see that we're able to kind of cut out the what would be, I guess, any type of barrier between certain events, um, you know, not certain events, but certain groups, certain, you know, whether it's a veteran service organization or certain businesses, and allow them to come together. And it's amazing to see the synergy between the two. To watch the American Legion talk to somebody from, you know, the United War Veterans Council who's sitting next to the Wounded Warrior Project and Team Rubicon and have them all get together and connect with each other, um, that just means better results for veterans in the end. And, sure. and like I said, our role as the facilitator has allowed for that to happen, which means, yeah, the, only, the one who benefits is the one who should benefit, is right. um, the veterans and their family members and, care, and caregivers. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, the uh, creating the environment for people just to connect can be pretty powerful. That's, you know, Squad Leaders does the same thing here, right? So you, you all have this group of folks, in this case, the organizations that want to help veterans. And then you have the veterans that are looking to engage with organizations, and sometimes they're not able to find the pathway to make those conversations happen. And you all come to the table and uh, and provide those services. And I think that's that's very powerful. Uh, so kudos to you all for that. Um, let's just round out the conversation with um, information. So if I'm a veteran and I want to attend uh, a future event, where do I go? Um, and if I'm an organization and I want to look at sponsoring an event and engaging with the conversation, how do I connect with you all? So you, uh, you can connect with us on, of course, we have our event page that we drive through Facebook and Eventbrite, um, and that's, uh, you know, Facebook backslash 360vets. And also, we are currently under construction, but um, 360vets.org is our webpage, uh, which will be up and running by the end of the week as we are making our changes. But for right now... Um, you will be able to go ahead and see uh, the Facebook site. Again, that's uh, 360 Vets uh, under Facebook. And then on Eventbrite, you can search for the events. But I would say Facebook's our best bet because we also give a multitude of information and links to all different types of events that happen all around the U.S. Again, it's not about us. It's actually more about the whole. So when you actually go to our site, all we do is, besides posting our own event, we literally go out and find every veteran service organization or some type of uh, event that benefits a veteran, and we'll post it. So if people want to get the word out about what can help veterans, please send it to us. We'll be happy to post it and send it out as far as we can through our social media network. You know, Scott and Justin, thank you so much for sharing this. Obviously, communicating ideas and concepts is good, but creating the environment for connection is much better for great results and outcomes. Thank you for joining us today, and we are so glad and wish you all the best with your new organization, and thank you for being on Military Network Radio today. Thank you. For the opportunity. 
We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. This is Toginet, Cutting Edge Radio. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Hello, you're listening to Military Network Radio, and right now I'm joined by co-host Pamela Stokes-Eggleston. We're going to continue our discussion with one of the organizations that works with 360 Vets, and we're speaking with Craig Vandergoot today, who joins us from NYU as the Program Director of Veterans Outreach. Welcome to you, Craig. Thank you very much, Linda and Pamela. I actually, I'm the Program Director of Veterans Outreach at NYU Langone Medical Center, the, uh, the Stephen and Alexandra Cohen Military Family Clinic and Cohen Veterans Center. Right. That's what I meant to say. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouthful, I know. <laughs> I know. Why don't you start with your story and how you came to um, know the need for the resources and the sorts of uh, services that you are now offering yourself. So let's start, uh, take a step back and start with you. I think that the past experiences that I've had uh, provide a good representation of the type of veterans that that we're all trying to help, that Justin, Scott uh, from 360 Veterans and, and I are trying to reach out to. I'm a combat veteran myself. Um, back in 2000, when I started college, I decided to become an ROTC cadet and uh, received a four-year scholarship to join the military. So after college, when I graduated, um, I would receive a, a commission in the, um, in, the, in the United States Army. Uh, a year after I had joined the ROTC, 9-11 happened, and they, mm. they sat all the cadets down in class, and uh, our, our professors who were uh, – Army NCOs and officers themselves, they said, look, you guys are going to have to take your, your training seriously now because you are going to be on the front lines as officers if we go to war. And sure enough, we were. We, we, as soon as we graduated, uh, a lot of us went, uh, went to Iraq and, and Afghanistan. I was stationed in Germany as an engineer officer. I conducted route clearance and dismounted patrols as a combat engineer platoon leader in Iraq uh, from January 2006 to about March 2007. So it was around 13, 14 months while we were over there. We fought in uh, Talafar, Mosul, and uh, in Ramadi. Uh, so it was it was a difficult experience uh, as as a young officer. Uh, there was a lot of uh, missions um, that we had to plan for and supervise, uh, not only with the the soldiers that I had my part in training, but also with Iraqi army and Iraqi police who would go out on patrols with us. 
as well as Marines and an Air Force who would be attached to our, our platoon. Um, when I got back, I reevaluated my, my career. I expected to be in the military as an officer for 20 years, uh, but the high deployment tempo made it difficult for me to want to start a, a young family uh, in that environment. I, I've seen a lot of soldiers in my own platoon suffer from, from marital issues uh, that, uh, that their extended periods of deployment were, were creating. And I didn't want to have that happen to myself. I decided to get out of active duty in 2008 as a captain, and I, I joined the reserves moving back to the United States until 2011. Uh, when I got back in 2008, I had to look for a job. And as you all know, that was the bottom of the economic crisis. It took me a long time to find a job. And I didn't find a job I was, I was necessarily happy with. It was something that I had to take out of necessity. Uh, I wasn't really prepared well by the transition program that the Army provided. They do put you through classes when, when you decide to leave. Um, and these classes, while they may help you rewrite your resume and it may help you with interview questions, it just wasn't in-depth enough. Uh, maybe it was about a, a week long. And uh, like I said, it, di it didn't prepare me enough. But I know right now they have been working on that program and it's been getting better. So, Craig, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. You knew what you needed. And so did you know where to search? And is that perhaps one of the reasons that you began working in the program that you're working in now because you couldn't find it easily yourself. I actually, I didn't know what I needed. I, I knew that I wanted a job that I can be passionate about, that, mm -hmm. that had the same sort of fulfillment that I got, got out of the, the Army. But I didn't know exactly who to talk to. Uh, and, I, and I see this is a common issue in a lot of veterans that get out back then and even now. They, um, the issues that they have is that they know about the VA. They understand the VA is out there to help them with health care. Uh, but that's, that's basically it. They, when they, when they get home, they're pulled out of their unit. They're pulled out of the platoon that they're used to. And they are put in, in, into a community of people they may not know, who may not know their, their military experience. And once they find out about veteran events and things like what 360 Vets uh, is offering, that is a, a, a great opportunity for for people, uh, veterans like myself, to go out and try to engage with, with uh, the organizations that do help. So, Craig, you really didn't know what you didn't know. And that, that sounds very logical. And so when something is put in front of you as an organization that can help you bring that all together, I'm sure that that was a help. I know Pam has a question for you. Yes. Uh, um, um, Craig, I was wondering, um, with all of that that you have just said about the trials and tribulations of looking for employment and a job, and given that there are some organizations out there that are kind of doing that already, you know, they, they, 
they put themselves up where they're like, we're entrepreneurial, we're going to help vets get businesses, we're going to help vets get jobs. Um, what do you think would be different or what would you think could be something distinctive whereby the veteran's passion is taken into consideration when looking for a job and placing that veteran into a uh, sustainable employment? I think the best opportunity we have now at these different veteran job fairs is just having enough uh, organizations out there that reflect many different industries. Um, for, for veterans to go into a job fair and only, uh, they're only able to see five different companies or, or, or ten different companies, uh, just only offering a, a, a few different industrial uh, opportunities, that's not enough. We need large events. We need veterans also to be able to engage with the people who are established in these industries um, so they can get to know whether or not these jobs are going to be fulfilling for them. Right. You know, I, I have to come back to one thing, though. I think many of us have taken jobs that were not fulfilling. I think what you're talking about, too, though, is the over-encompassing umbrella of a lifestyle, a quality of life that isn't quite what you'd hoped for when you left the service. And so people are searching for more than just a job that's fulfilling. They're searching for a life that's fulfilling. What do you think helped you find purpose again when you came back and integrated into the community? What helped me find purpose was being able to find fellow veterans that I can talk to, having mm -hmm. establishing a social network of people that understood what I went through Mm -hmm. um, I, while I can make a lot of friends with people who weren't veterans, uh, the people who did deploy to Iraq or maybe in, in previous wars, there's something different about them. And there's always going to be a, a separation between my civilian friends and my military friends. Um, once I found out that a lot of the experiences I was having uh, and a lot of the struggles I was having were, were common issues, mm -hmm. it, it made me feel so much better that uh, about myself that I, I wasn't. Uh, isolated and right. and being able to to get advice from from fellow veterans helped me put everything in perspective in terms of job fulfillment or work life satisfaction um, in fact uh, I think the most important thing now for veterans to to receive beyond counseling is just an integration into a, a veteran social network mm-hmm um, we have a, a large problem with veteran suicides now. We see that in the media a lot. And we can hire uh, so many counselors uh, who may be able to help, uh, but those counselors aren't going to be available 24-7 or as, as much as, as, a, as a best friend of a veteran would be. Uh, they're not going to be available at 1 o'clock in the morning for, for a veteran to call uh, unless it's a, it's a crisis center or something like that. But really the, the, the front line of, of veteran care comes from that, that veteran social network that, uh, that surrounds the veteran when that person comes home. You're absolutely right, and you really don't want it to get to the point of a need for intervention. What you're looking for is interaction with peers and those who support them so that it doesn't quite get to that point. If we can start doing that proactively, that will definitely impact and reduce the amount of suicide attempts, um, deep depression and anxiety that does seem to plague this group, but not only the veterans, but impacts the entire family. Looking back, I, 
as I was going through years of a job that I, I didn't really enjoy, I, mm-hmm. I, I desperately needed counseling services or, mm-hmm. uh, or just someone to speak to. It was really affecting my social life and my family life. My wife and, and parents knew that I was suffering, and they, and they did their best to help. But it was, it, the issue was that they, they weren't in Iraq with me. Right. And they could keep on giving the same advice over and over again, um, but I needed to hear it from someone who, who, who knew exactly what I went through. And I don't want to, I don't want to talk down about the advice they, they and the help they tried to give, which was, which was excellent. <laughs> Having the family support, I, I needed that. It's just that it's the the veteran social network goes so much farther in in, in the care, uh, and the honesty right. of it. Right, and Craig, when was that critical point? When was the precipice of realization for you that you needed help and that you went out to seek it? I'd say it was sometime last year. It was about six six years after I got out of the military. Um, see, the, the issue with veterans, I think as a whole, um, is that we're a very self-reliant population. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And when, when we get out, um, we... See, okay, you know what? I may be struggling with, with finding a job, with fulfillment. I can deal with this. Yeah, I'm just going to drive on. Um, I'm going to take care of it myself. And if you keep on burying those thoughts and not really talking to anybody about it, it's eventually going to come to a head. And it took a veteran that I knew uh, who I worked with telling me that, look, hey, I know a counselor in the VA system that, uh, that is very good. I've gone to this person myself. And, uh, and I think if you're having problems you should contact this person that was the first time i considered actually signing up for the for the va services even if it was six years later because i actually i got i finally got a recommendation from a veteran friend of mine right right so it was the recommendation that got you kind of motivated and you knew that there you know you had been dealing with this for six years but you realized that you needed to do something it, that's true and um and 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 Really, it's just once I heard the opinion of a fellow veteran, that's what made me change. Right, right, right. It's that critical social network. That's that's it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, fantastic. I, I think that the peer network cannot be um, underestimated, and it really is underemphasized, I should say. And we are going to talk more about how you then came to use this realization to go work for a group that actually offers some of these services that you wish that you had had. This is Military Network Radio. I'm Linda Crater. You're listening with co-host Pam Eggleston and our guest, Craig Vandergoot. We will be right back. Thank you. Hey, Craig. Oh, thank you. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. This is Toginet, Cutting Edge Radio. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoda, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. 
Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We are joined again by Craig Vandergoot of the Program Director at NYU's Military Family Clinic. Craig, can you tell us about how you came to be connected with the center itself and the benefits and joys that you have actually been able to experience and watch other people benefit from in your new position. Absolutely. I, uh, I had a friend of mine who was working in uh, an LIJ, it was a hospital network on Long Island, and he was a veterans liaison. And after um, hearing a presentation that I give, I, I went up to him and I said, hey, I'm looking for a job that I can be passionate about. And uh, if, it's, if it's helping veterans, that'll be fantastic. And you know, he said, I think I got something for you. That that night, he gave me a call and told me that there is a positioning opening up at the Stephen A. Alexander Cohen Military Family Clinic and Veterans Center at NYU Langone uh, as director of, of veterans outreach. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a great fit. So I sent my resume in, and sure enough, uh, I was a good fit. They 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 hired me quickly after that. Within uh, within a few weeks, I uh, I got the call asking me to uh, to start working there. And it's it's a job that I, I love, absolutely love, because we, the the, the military family clinic, uh, we provide free compassionate care to service members and their families uh, who are experiencing long long term effects of of all phases of the military service and other life stresses. A lot of the stresses that I was familiar with out of my own transition, um, stresses including uh, relationship difficulties, school problems, unemployment, relocation issues. So uh, this sort of clinic, getting involved with this, um, w- was an, a huge need in my life when I was getting out of the military. And I was happy to to talk to veterans at, at many different events and, and tell them that we exist and tell them that we're here to help. Because cause like myself, I, I didn't know of the services that were around and, and a lot of veterans coming out didn't know. So uh, this is just one way I can give back. Uh, we have a very short waiting period in terms of uh, waiting for an appointment, uh, the average time to receive an appointment at our clinic is within 12, 10 to 12 days from an initial call, which is pretty fast in this industry. It is terrific. Did you find that the receptivity out in the community was good, or did you have to sort of build it up over time to gain traction? No, I, it's, I found it as very good. Actually, uh, when we attended the first event run by, uh, by, by Justin and Scott in March, um, once I told them about our, our very short waiting period, they, uh, they were ecstatic. One of the mm-hmm. main 
main complaints that veterans have is the fact that it's hard for, for them to find uh, appointments um, and, and being on a, on a waiting list that's, that's too long. So one of the gaps in, in services that, that we try to fill is, uh, is, is that. And you know, we, we welcome veterans from, from any era, any discharge status, right. uh, even, even veterans who have dishonorable discharges we see for free. Um, Wow, that's great, Craig. I think yep. also what's important of the work that you're doing is taking care of the person. I think when you have these employment, you know, fairs and stuff, I think it's wonderful for folks to get a job. But how, how, um, where are you in your wellness journey, as I like to say, uh, in my work with taking care of yourself and your family, you know, in, in terms of health and wellness? So, you know, getting to that stuff first. And I like how in the literature you guys say you're doing interviews, that people don't want to feel like they're being, <laughs> yeah. you know, like um, <laughs> diagnosed or, oh, I have this illness and we're coming in for an appointment because I have something wrong with me. It's more of an interview. And can we process through this stuff and help get you to a better place? So then perhaps you can uh, hold employment a little bit longer once you start going down that road. So I, I, I'd like to I'd like to, or I'd like you to speak to of some of that um, narrative in terms of languaging and and how um, you work with veterans on that level. Right. Well, well first uh, point I'd like to hit upon is, is the military families. It, we don't just provide individual therapy for for veterans. Um, we we consider the military family just as important for the veterans' mental health as individual therapy. Um, we provide couples therapy, uh, child and adolescent therapy, parent consultations. Uh, we define family very broadly, which includes spouses, children, siblings, grandparents, and even boyfriends and girlfriends, right. which, uh, which is, is, is beyond what some other uh, organizations yes. provide. Absolutely. Um, we... Uh, we are in a very discreet location, and that's what's one of the nice things about our, our clinic right now. Some veterans and their families value privacy concerning the fact that they're receiving mental health care. I know I did. Our doormen at, in the building have been briefed to refer to appointments as interviews, like you were saying. There's a men's warehouse on our first floor, so it makes it really difficult for anyone to know exactly why one may be entering the building. It's not like it's got a, a big psychi uh, psychiatry sign on the front. So anybody who may feel any sort of issues toward a, toward a stigma of mental health counseling, uh, they, we, 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 we know about that. We try to avoid that. We try to make it as, as easy as an experience as possible. You know, Craig, it sounds like you've made it better through your own experiences and what you had had happen with you. Because if you truly understand it from both sides of the equation, from the people who want to help to the people who want to receive the help, you really are talking again about not communication, but about connection for better results and outcomes. So would you say that you definitely have achieved that or there's more you need to work on? What direction do you feel the clinic is going in next? I think we have achieved that. Uh, it, they've made such a good decision on hiring for an outreach team uh, veterans. Mm -hmm. So we, myself and, uh, and, and my outreach colleague, uh, Jared Sturk, who's a, who's a Marine um, veteran, 
We, uh, we do know the issues that, that people are going through. And when, when we stand in front of um, veteran student organizations at different universities and we explain to them, when I say, hey, I'm a combat veteran, you can just see that the, the body language of mm-hmm. people relaxing and being a lot more receptive to, um, to knowing that, look, something, a, a place exists that, that understands what I went through. And uh, we offer... Our, our doors are open. Uh, we, if, if people, if, if veterans come in wanting uh, mental health care, and they do want to talk to a veteran, we, we might they can stop by our office and uh, and interact with us too. Um, so we try to make it as uh, as uh, approachable a clinic as possible. And, and we've had uh, experienced a lot of success. There, there, our, our founder, our funders are planning on um, trying to, to replicate our clinic in other states. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. But one of the important points that I want to make is that we're not a replacement for the VA. Um, we do work very closely with the Manhattan VA, and uh, we are establishing more of a network of referral partnerships with the other VAs and vet centers in the area. Um, no one single veteran service organization can exist by itself. It can't exist in a vacuum. We're all here to help each other out. Uh, and we all have the same end goal is to help out our nation's veterans. And um, it, that if, if we have a, somebody who comes in for uh, maybe more inpatient services, we, we would refer out to um, a, another organization, say the VA, if they're not eligible for VA services, and then another one of our, uh, of our partnerships. We, are, we provide more of a, an outpatient service uh, due to us being a pro bono clinic, privately funded. We, um, we can't necessarily have inpatient services as well. So we, um, we, we integrate as much as we can with the mental health community in the city, and, uh, and I think it's been a very successful experience so far. You know, um, Craig, what would you, what would sorry, you say, Sarah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Linda. What would you say is the percentage of family members, um, as you defined um, um, earlier, uh, and them getting services uh, in relation to the veterans getting services? Like how many family members come in or what's the percentage for each of those? That's, a, uh, that's actually a very good question. Um, I do have... I do have uh, demographics upon who we see, um, mm-hmm. but as far as a breakup of, of families versus veterans themselves, I don't have that number on hand specifically. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. But um, but I, I I do want to mention one demographic uh, that did surprise me, and uh, right now going through all of our, our numbers from 2012, um, we have a high percentage of female veterans coming right. in. Uh, we have six, about 62% male and 38% female, which, um, which to me, when I first saw that, knowing my own perspective of how many veterans there are, I mean, female veterans there are in the military, it seems like uh, we, we're, we're a place where female veterans can come in and, and feel um, confident in the type of services that they provide here. And, you know. um, Craig, that's so important because in the cases of the women veterans, as you read articles and there is more information coming out all the time, women veterans don't have as many peers to connect with. 
They don't have as many groups that understand what they've gone through as a female veteran. And so I'm glad that they're seeking out help in your clinic because it is obviously a trusted place. That mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things for female veterans to overcome. And that means you're really, really reaching out into the community at a greater percentage than they make up in the military. That's fantastic. And, that, and that's why these veteran events like um, the one that's coming up on June 5th run by 360 Vets are just so vital. Mm-hmm. To our to our uh, community as veteran service organizations, we're able to. It's one of our main ways to go out into the public and and tell people that that we're around, that we exist. Try to interact more with female veterans coming in looking for services, and uh, and just veterans as a whole. Uh, we try to tell them about our clinic. In addition, we try to explain to them about the, the important research that we're doing uh, for post traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, and depression. Um, we have a, a research study. That uh, is, it's a, called a biomarker study, trying to find ways to better, better treat a lot of the issues that veterans are dealing with. And, uh, and once we, we tell veterans that uh, we provide one of the higher compensation rates, if they meet all the, the qualifications for, for this research study, they can, they can be compensated for their time up to an amount of $550. Uh, and if they, if they want to give back, if they want to help out with, with the trying to figure out ways to better diagnose uh, a lot of the issues they may be experiencing themselves. Uh, I, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity to, uh, to help out our brothers and sisters who are suffering in science, not just, not just going for, for our own therapy through the clinic, but taking part in the research study as well that we provide to, um, to really try to give back to, uh, to society. Craig, how do they find out about your program? Well, they can go to our website at... Um, uh, they can search on Google for the Cohen Military Family Clinic. That's probably the easiest. Uh, <laughs> they can also look for the Cohen Veterans Center. <clears throat> like I said, we're at, at NYU Langone Medical Center. And uh, they can also attend one of these, uh, one of these veteran events. Uh, myself and my outreach colleague try to, uh, to go out to as many of these in person, hand out our, our pamphlets and brochures, and... Um, and uh, that, that's just one of the many ways that uh, we try to reach out. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We also thank 360 Vets, Scott Davidson, Justin Constantine, and an NYU Military Family Clinic with Craig Vandergut today. You can find our broadcast at militarynetworkradio.com, and we welcome you back next week. Join us live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance